Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grovewr.org. And now, here's a word from the Lord. John 3.16. Um, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he what? Gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life amen this month we're focusing on canceling misery canceling misery we're canceling stuff this year and this year we're going to cancel misery today's message is entitled how to cancel eternal misery in hell how to cancel eternal misery in hell amen Amen. Let me begin by saying hell is a thing. Some refute the reality of hell. Uh, but the scriptures paint a picture of eternal damnation, eternal torment, resulting, from eternal, uh, resulting in eternal separation from God. Anyone should want to avoid that. Hell is a thing. It is originally a place or, uh, designed for the devil and his imps. It is a place of never-ending misery, utter torment for persons who resist God's gracious offer of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, here it is, y'all, should not perish, perish, but have everlasting life. The Lord mentioned perishing. What he meant by perishing, that word in the Greek, perish, uh, he's, he's, he's referring to perishing in hell. It's, it's a thing. It means to destroy. That word in the Greek actually means to destroy. It means to kill. It means to torture. It means to ruin. It speaks of misery. That it, rejecting the love of God, rejecting Jesus as Savior results in eternal misery. You can refute hell, the reality of hell. We can discuss whether or not there is a literal hell and a literal lake of fire. We can, I'm not even going to debate you on that, but there is, there is an expectation of eternal misery from being separated from God. That's what Jesus talks about in this verse. This, this isn't the only Bible verse addressing perishing or being destroyed in hell. Jesus said in Matthew 10, 28, don't be afraid of those who want to kill your body. They cannot touch your soul. Fear only God who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Matthew 25, 46 says, and they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Paul says this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 7 through 9. And God will provide rest for you who are being persecuted and also for us when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven. He will come with his mighty angels in flaming fire. Watch this, y'all. Bringing judgment on those who don't know God and on those who refuse to obey the good news of our Lord Jesus. Of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with eternal destruction 
forever separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. Then Revelation 21 and 8 says, But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Hell is a thing. It is a place of misery, utter torment, ruin, and torture that awaits persons who resist God's gracious offer of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. Rejecting Jesus as Savior and Lord will certainly result in eternal torment in hell. Many people live their lives as though they can live without Jesus. All of us who are saved live that way until the Lord got a hold of us. We were living as if we didn't need him. We were living as if we wasn't studying him. But one day, the Lord got a hold of us. You can live, you can live, you can live as if you, uh, you can live without Jesus, but when you uh, when you try to make it through life without Jesus, while you try to make it through life without Jesus, you certainly can't make it through death without him. And there's good news for all who have hell awaiting them. God, because of his love, has provided a way to cancel hell through faith in his son, Jesus Christ. One more time, peep today's text. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life this eternal misery can be canceled because of God's love eternal misery can be canceled it it can be avoided just as hell is a thing God's love is a thing for God so loved the world he loved the world so much that he made it possible for eternal misery in hell to be canceled God's love is a thing this isn't the only verse in the Bible speaking of God's faithful, crazy, amazing, unending, unconditional love. Psalm 36 and 7 says, how precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. Psalm 109, 26 says, help me, O Lord, my God. Save me because of your unfailing love. 1 John chapter 4 verse 9 says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Because of God's love, eternal misery can be canceled. It can be avoided. Just as hell is a thing, God's love is a thing. And then we still have these words, y'all, for God so loved the world. He draws us to him with his love. He, he invites us to him with his love. And this is nothing new. Jeremiah hit on this in Jeremiah 31 and 3. Jeremiah 31 and 3. Long ago, the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you my people with an everlasting love with unfailing love I have drawn you to myself God's love makes him come to us to draw us into salvation into and into a loving relationship with him the motivation to make anybody want to cancel eternal misery in hell watch this should go much deeper than the threat of eternal misery what should make one want to cancel eternal misery in hell is the invitation of a loving God to enjoy his love now and forever. If you have never come to God for forgiveness of your sins, do it today. Do it for more than canceling eternity in hell. Do it because he loves you. 
He sent his son because he loves you. God gave his son as a sacrifice for your sins and mine because he loves you. Let love be the draw. Let let God's love be what drives you to cancel eternal misery in hell. Let the reality and the realness of being loved by God draw you to him. So many people are miserable, miserable now because they don't feel loved. Can I get a witness today? You know what some people do when they when they feel unloved? Sometimes feeling unloved goes hand in hand with feeling invisible, unnoticed, unwanted, uncared for. And unfortunately, too many people grow up feeling unloved, unwanted, unnoticed, uncared for. They typically find it difficult to develop deep, close, intimate, trusting relationships. It can be difficult to trust for people who who may have had a background feeling unwanted, unloved, unnoticed. It can be even difficult to trust God. It can be hard to believe God is so loving, so loving in fact that he sacrificed and give anything that would do you some good forever. Some people grow up feeling unloved, watch this y'all, and carry it with them into adulthood. They tote it with them into marriage. When we marry, we marry not only the person, we marry the baggage they bring too. We marry what their mother did to them. We marry how their daddy treated them. We marry the lies the devil told them as well as the lies they've told themselves. Folks who feel unloved can carry, can, can carry this into parenting. In fact, that's why some parents, uh, uh, that's why some people become parents to have someone who will love them and need them. But God so loved the world. God so loved the world he he loved the raggedy dark sinful world a world that wasn't studding him and still ain't studding him he he loved the world a world ruled by the prince of the air satan himself god so loved the world with all of its false religions and ideologies that promoted and worshiped other gods god so loved the world that rejected his prophets offered children as religious sacrifices promoted greed corruption in government sexual immorality injustice toward the helpless abuse of all sorts God so loved the world the world so God so loved the world and that's the kind of love he brings to the table he loves in spite of so don't let the devil convince you God doesn't love you you are loved I need somebody to holler that God you you are loved just tell somebody you are loved in the comments in the comments encourage somebody else streaming with you tell them you you are loved you you are loved and we we may understand this we may understand this to some extent but we may think that God loves like like a home buyer who would only look for houses in the suburbs Houses with 10,000 square feet, marble flooring, granite countertops, huge home theaters, Olympic-sized enclosed swimming pools, stainless steel appliances, well-manicured lawns, mother-in-law suite in the backyard. We may think God only loves the, the folk who seem to have it all together, folk who, who ain't messed up and raggedy. We may think of God as the home buyer who's looking for, for, that, for that dream house, but no, we don't realize God so loved the world like a home buyer going to the hood to buy a home. 
God loves us like a home buyer loves a raggedy house with the roof caving in, bushes grown up all around it, windows and doors all boarded up, siding ripped off the exterior, copper pipes stolen throughout the interior, rat infested, snakes all up in the crawl space. You take one look at the house and wonder what else is living up in it. No one in their right mind would buy the home, but God takes one look at it and, de and eagerly declares, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. I, I can do something with it. I'll buy it. I, I can pick it up, turn it around, put its feet on solid ground. I'll buy it. I can, I can fix it up and make it look brand new. I'll, I'll pay whatever I got to pay to get my hands on it. I'll, I'll put my touch on it. I'll make it beautiful inside and out. I'll buy it. No one else wants it, but I'll take it in a heartbeat. It's been neglected. It's been beat down. It's been left for dead, but I'll buy it. I'll show it some TLC. I'll, I'll make it look better than ever. I'll renovate it. I'll put new floors in it. I'll put new cabinets in the kitchen. I'll yank up all these weeds and lay down some Bermuda for my lawn. I'll remove every rat, every snake, every possum, every raccoon, and anything else living up in there. I'll buy it. I know it doesn't look good. I'll buy it. I know it may to some appear to be worthless, but I'll buy it. I'll pay for it. It can't fix itself up, but I can make it look like a brand new creation. And, and when I buy it, I'm not going to rent it out for nothing else to live up in it. I'm going to come up in it and live in it myself. I'll, I'll make my abode in it. I'll make my dwelling in it. I'll take up rest. I'll fill it up with all I am. I'll fill it up with all my goodness. I'll move all the venomous snakes out the way. I'll move all the poisonous rats out the way. I'll live up in it myself. I don't, if I got to live up in it with a rat, I'll live up in it until I get all the rats out. If I got to live up in it with snakes in the crawl space, I'll live up in it until I get all the snakes out the crawl space. I'll, I'll work on it while I'm living in it. I'll fix it while I'm living in it. If I got to work on room by room, I'll work on it while I'm living in it. Isn't it good news to know that God takes up residence inside of us with all the stuff he's got to clean up, all the stuff he's got to fix up, all the, all the stuff he's got to rip out, all the stuff that he's got to turn around, he'll take up residence and say, I'll work on it while I live in it. I'll, I'll work on every room they give me access to. I'll work on it while I live. Ain't somebody here a testimony, a living testimony that he ain't done with me yet, that he began a good work in me, but he shall complete it. That's how much God loves us. That's how much God loves us. He says, and he says to all of us, you are loved. You, you, you are loved. Matter of fact, matter of fact, you, you don't become loved when you accept Christ. You, you, you are already loved. You, you were loved when Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You, you were loved before you were ever born. You, you've been loved. You, God been done showed you love. God, the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. God God, listen, I've, I've been to school. My mama and my daddy taught me how to how to speak well. I've, I've matriculated through institutions of higher learning. I have a bachelor's degree, a master's degree. I have a doctorate. But, but believe me when I tell you, God been done loved you. God, God didn't start loving you when you came to Jesus. God been done loved you. God, God didn't love you when you started. When, God didn't start loving you when you joined the choir. God 
been done loved you. Anybody understand that? God been done loved you. Don't question if you're loved. You are loved. God been done loved you. Been done showed you love. God been done demonstrated his love towards you. Everyone needs to be loved. And the devil may have lied to you and told you no one loves you. But the truth is God been done loved you. Listen to the words of Jesus. For God so loved the world. Hallelujah. That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believes in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. God so loved the world. God loved the world so much he gave his only begotten son Jesus to die for our sins now some say some say he was nothing more that Jesus was nothing more than a prophet some say that Jesus was nothing more than a great religious teacher I want to serve notice today that he's more than that Jesus is a prophet but he's more than that Jesus is a teacher but he's way more than that Jesus is much more than that he's a gift from our loving God to save us from our sins here's what the word says in 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could cut so that we could be made right with God through Christ God so loved the world and the world being full of sin needed a savior from that sin and so Jesus is our savior from sin you may wonder why do we need a savior from sin I could explain it to you I'm gonna let the word of God speak for itself Romans chapter 5 verse 12 I'm gonna just let the word of God speak for itself when Adam sinned Romans 5 and 12 when Adam sinned sin entered the world Adam's sin brought death so death spread to everyone for everyone sin yes people sinned yes people sinned even before the law was given but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break still everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did now Adam is a symbol hear me a representation of Christ who was yet to come but there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift for the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. But God's free gift leads to our being made right with God even though we are guilty of many sins. For the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness for all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man Jesus Christ oh but I can't stop there yes Adam's sin brings condemnation to, for everyone but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone because one person disobeyed God many became sinners but because one other person obeyed God many will be made righteous that's why we need a savior oh but I got a bible scholar in here saying keep reading pastor Clark that's not the end of Romans chapter 5 all God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were but as people sinned more and more God's wonderful grace became more abundant so just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death now God's wonderful grace rules instead giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life 
life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God so loved the world and gave his only begotten son so that be, so, so because the world's sin problem could only be solved through one man, Jesus Christ our Lord. So come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come, come to Jesus and cancel eternal misery in hell. Come, come to Jesus and be made right with God. What happens when this ha when, when you do this? It's, it's amazing. It's, it's oftentimes referred to as justification. Justification is a legal term. It means you were found guilty of committing a crime, but you once you're found guilty, but the judge says, I'm going to let you off and treat you as if you're innocent. We were all born guilty of sin, but we come to Jesus and accept him as our savior and lord and we're although we're guilty of sin god declares us innocent and says i'm gonna treat you as if you've never sinned that's justification but only when we accept jesus as our savior and lord the romans chapter 5 verse 1 says therefore being justified by faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ then romans chapter 5 verse 9 says much more than being now justified by his blood we shall be saved from wrath through him through him not through your good works through him not through your singing in the choir through him not through your preaching from the pulpit through him not through your helping some old lady across the street through him God so loved the world he gave us his son Jesus receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior and Lord and be made right with God he alone can save you from your sins nobody else can do it for you your good deeds cannot do it just being spiritual cannot do it being religious cannot do it attending church cannot do it joining church cannot do it just being a good person cannot do it come to Jesus the only begotten son of God and believe in him and let me be clear I'm talking to everybody I'm talking to everybody because the scripture says whosoever believeth in him I'm talking to everybody I'm I'm talking to everybody I'm talking to all of y'all if you can hear the words that are coming out of my mouth I, I, you are whosoever I'm talking to you who's whoever's whosoever is in sin whosoever is on drugs I'm talking to you whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life whosoever is a felon whosoever is a stripper whosoever is a pimp whosoever has abused women or children whosoever is a registered sex offender I'm talking to all of y'all whosoever believeth in him can cancel eternal misery in hell whosoever feels unloved whosoever feels unwanted whosoever feels unseen whosoever battles depression whosoever entertains suicidal thoughts whosoever has attempted suicide whosoever has PTSD whosoever ever smoked a blunt on the way to church this morning I'm talking to all of y'all it doesn't matter what the devil says it doesn't matter what some church folks say the Bible says whosoever believeth in him shall not perish believe in him believe God loves you believe a life in sin results in misery in hell believe God sent Jesus for you believe God is so wonderful Be believe God is so wonderful believe God is so gracious believe God is so merciful he'll look beyond your faults and meet your need for salvation believe God will deliver you from darkness believe you can receive salvation as a gift 
have confidence in him for salvation. To believe in him means I'm confident, I'm relying on him for salvation. Um, I have a conviction about his being my means of salvation. This belief comes from a person who knows they're in trouble and cannot get themselves out. They rely on someone else to deliver them from trouble uh, to safety. I don't, I'm sure I've told you this story at least once or, or ten times, but uh, the first time I ever took swimming lessons, my mother took me to get swimming lessons, so I'm supposed to be getting swimming lessons, and the lifeguard is in the pool, and he's just maybe three, four feet of water, three, four feet. He's standing up in the pool. I'm standing on the side of the pool. He says, jump in the pool. I was like, I'm not, no, I'm not jumping in. I was like, I was like, I was like little, little, little Mr. Madison, uh, scared to take his, scared to say his Easter speech. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not jumping. Lifeguard, come on, I got you. Jump in the pool. Just jump in. Like, I'm, I'm not jumping in. I'm jump he kept on trying to get me to jump in the pool. Kept and I wouldn't do it. He, he just walked off. He just went away. And then I jumped in the pool. Then I jumped in the pool. I'm drowning. I'm drowning. I'm flailing. I'm... Then here he comes and grabs me and said, now, why didn't you jump in the pool while I was standing there? I would not have been saved from that danger if it had not, had not been for the lifeguard coming to my rescue. That's salvation. We're drowning in sin until the one and only lifeguard comes to get us out of danger. That's why I can relate to the hymn writer. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters lifted me. Now safe am I. But I love that third verse. I don't know how many of y'all know that third verse. The souls in danger look above. Jesus completely saves. He will lift you by his love out of the angry waves. He's the master of the sea. Billows his will obey. He your savior wants to be be saved today. Today. Not when you get off drugs. Today. Not when you start when, not, not when you stop getting drunk. Today. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Believe in him. Believe in him. This belief, y'all, this belief goes beyond what we understand with our minds. It changes you. This, this is a belief that changes you. It's belief uh, that results in what we refer to as conversion. Let the church say conversion. In other words, it is a belief that changes your behavior. This belief in him brings forth a behavior of obedience. This belief in him is not just something you know in your mind, like two plus two equals four. It's a belief that you have in your heart. It's a belief that changes your behavior. It's, it's, it's a belief that's, that's, more, that's, that's ripped, wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in love. It's, it's love responding to God's unfaithful, to God's faithful love. We, we are to respond to God's faithful love toward us by believing in him to the point where we love him in return. Our love responds to his love. God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son. That's a whole lot of love. We are to respond to his love simply, y'all, by loving him back. We love him back. Love him enough to obey him. Love him enough to do what he says to do. Love him enough to go where he tells us to go. Love him enough to behave the way he tells us to behave. Love him enough to obey him. Obedience matters, y'all. I said obedience matters, y'all. 
All I'm saying is this belief results in obedience. First John 3, 5 and 6 says, uh, and you know that Jesus came to take away our sins and there is no sin in him. Anyone who continues to live in him will not sin, but anyone who keeps on sinning does not know him or understand his love. We, we, we are to respond to his love with our love. Our belief, our belief is to result in obedience because belief, this belief changes your behavior. It's, it's about loving him enough to obey him, loving him enough to treat folk the way he would have us to treat them, love him enough to surrender our lives to him, love him enough to do what he says to do, to go where he says to go, to be who he wants us to be. It's, it's to love him in return. And listen, the, the challenge is that all of us need to understand we can never outlove God. You know the song, you know the song, you can't beat God's giving no matter how hard you try. Uh, I, I want to tell somebody, listen, no matter how much you love God, you can't outlove God. You can't outlove God because you can't outgive God. God so loved that he gave, he gave his only begotten son. You can't outlove God because you, you can't outgive God. You can, listen, you can give your son if you want to. Your son can't compare to his son. You can, you can, you, I don't care what you give. You can't outgive God. You can't outlove God. God will outgive us. No matter how much we give him, God can give us so much more. You can't outlove God. I say that because some of us, well, somebody may tell you, I love you. And then you respond with, I love you more. And God says to us, I love you. You can't tell God, I love you more. You can tell him, I love you back. But you can't tell him I love you more because you can't outgive God. But secondly, as I get ready to take my seat, you can't outlove God, not only because you can't outgive God, you can't outlove God because you can't outsacrifice God. No matter what you give up, it'll never compare to what he's given up. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son you can't out love God because you can't out sacrifice God sacrifice that drinking you can't out sacrifice God sacrifice getting high you can't out sacrifice God Sac sacrifice your dreams you can't out sacrifice God sacrifice your ambitions you can't out sacrifice God sacrifice whatever you sacrifice it will never amount to the life that Jesus gave when he gave up his life on the cross you you can never out sacrifice God you can listen let them put nails in your hands you still can't can't out sacrifice God let him put a nail in your feet you still can't out sacrifice God let, let let your blood come streaming down you still can't out sacrifice God because the love of God has been demonstrated so to he's given us a sacrifice that can save anybody who comes to Jesus crying out that who you know what uh, who, what must I do to be saved you can't out sacrifice God you ain't got as much as Jesus you don't own as much as Jesus you don't have anything as precious as Jesus you can't out sacrifice God but what God did for you and what God did for me on one Friday night he sent his son to die for us they put nails in his hands they put a nail in his feet he died that Friday night didn't he die they took him off that uh, took him off that cross put him in a bare in a in a borrowed grave he stayed there all night Friday stayed there all day Saturday stayed there all night Saturday night but early Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hands the living lamb of God the savior of all mankind got up early Sunday morning 
That's what we're celebrating today. Jesus got up early one Sunday morning. Can I get a witness here? And because he got up early Sunday morning, you and I have the opportunity to cancel our reservations in hell. I don't know who all has ever had to cancel reservations before. I've had to cancel reservations at hotels. I've had to cancel reservations for rental cars. I've had to cancel reservations at restaurants. Canceling those reservations was no problem. But I'm here to tell you that you can't just up and cancel a reservation in hell. And for anyone who has not accepted Jesus, you have a reservation in hell. And the only way you can cancel the reservation is to call on the name of Jesus. Can I get a witness here? You can cancel your reservation in hell with a simple prayer, an ABC prayer, the sinner's prayer. Admit that you're a sinner in need of a savior. Believe that Jesus is the son of God, that he died for you to save you from your sins, that he was crucified on an old rugged cross, that his blood shall wash away your sins. Believe that he was placed in a borrowed grave. But early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. See, it's confess Jesus as Lord, which means I surrender my life to you. From now on, you're in charge. From now on, you're in control. From now on, you're the Lord of my life. And the good news is, when you, can't, when you pray that prayer, when you pray that sinner's prayer, the devil in hell has to cancel your reservation of eternity in hell and the angels in heaven take the pen with the blood of the Lamb of God and write your name in the Lamb's book of life it's a reservation that the world can't cancel it's a reservation that the church can't cancel it's a reservation that your enemy can't cancel it's a reservation that not being perfect can't cancel it's a reservation that messing up every now and then can't cancel it's a reservation that the devil in hell can't cancel it's a reservation that your haters can't cancel it's a reservation that your addiction can't cancel it's a reservation that what you can't get right won't cancel when your name is written in the lamb's book of life there's no one who can delete your name that's why some of us sing i hear a heaven i hear hush hush i hear my name somebody's calling my name i know i've been changed because the angels in heaven done sign my name i've been to school i know how to speak well but believe me when i tell you the angels in heaven done sign my name is there anybody here today still struggling with some issues still struggling with some shortcomings but one thing you know for sure the angels in heaven done signed your name the reason why you praise them like you do is not because you got it all together the reason why you clap your hands like you do is not because you have it all together but because one day the angels done signed your name and you know you've been changed is there anybody here who still is a work in progress but you know that the angels in heaven done signed your name and the good news is when the believer dies and checks into heaven and they ask you why should we let you in tell them I got a reservation and when they ask you your name tell them my name is whosoever whosoever believes in him 
shall not perish. My name is whosoever. It ain't about what my mama did. Ain't about if your daddy preached. It's not about who your Sunday school teacher was. The question is whether or not your name is whosoever believed in him. And I kept on believing when my way got hard. I kept on believing when I got sick and could not get well. I kept on believing when the devil made life hard for me. I kept on believing that one day, glory to God, one day I'd leave the world behind. Jesus in front of me and I'd make it on to glory. Is there anybody here who can testify about God's amazing grace? By his grace, he's brought you safe thus far. And believe me when I tell you, by his grace, he'll see you safely home. Until then, keep on believing. If God be for you, who can stand against you? Keep on believing. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. One day when I was lost, he died on yonder's cross. And I know it was the blood, the blood for me. Is there anybody here whose name is whosoever? You came to Jesus just as you was, weary, wounded, and sad. But you found in him a resting place and he has don't fool me y'all he has made you glad keep on believing come what may be not dismayed whatever be time God will take care of you I'm finished y'all I'm done being done I'm through trying to tell you that God so loved the world that he gave you the opportunity to cancel eternal misery in hell. And if I were you today, I'd take him up on the opportunity and cry out, Jesus, I need you to save me. And he will, I said he will save you. Won't he do it? Take my word for it. I believe I have some witnesses in here. He will do it. He will come in just as you are. Can I get a witness? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Ain't you glad he did it? Ain't you glad he came in? Ain't you glad he walks with you? Talks with you, reminds you every now and then you're his very own. He'll come in. He will come in. He will come in. The King of Glory. He will come in. He will come in. The King of Glory. He will come in. He will come in. Just as you are. Just as raggedy, just as towed down, 
Am I the only one who came to Jesus raggedy? My mind was raggedy. My heart was raggedy. My life was just raggedy. But he came in. He'll come in. Oh, and to all of you who have it all together, you're the, you're the house in the suburbs. With the, with the brand new privacy fence all around, all around your heart. He'll come into you too. And sweep out all that pride. All that self-sufficiency. All, all that external stuff that make you think you somebody. He'll get rid of all that. The whole time he's sitting up in it. Yeah. Some of us, some of us came to Christ. And Jesus had to come in like your house was one of them houses you see on hoarders. Just hoarding sin. Just hoarding sin. And after all these years, he still got to walk around. Still got to walk around your life. Like you still hoarding stuff. You still hoarding stuff that you brought in before you got saved. and Stuff you done picked up since you got saved. Jesus still got to. Devils try to come in. He'll tell the devil, don't, don't sit on that. Don't sit on that. I was about to clean it up. Don't sit on that. The good news is he'll come in. He loves us that much. I want you to accept Jesus in your life today. Today, man, woman, boy, or girl, wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're struggling with, wherever you are in life, come to Christ today. This belief. Bring, bring the belief with you. Bring all the other stuff. The stuff you can't shake. The stuff you can't get rid of. The stuff you feel like you just... The addiction, the, the suicide, the do it, the depression, the anxiety. Come on today. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, thank you for listening.